And here we are, guys. I am Jeff Lyons. I'm coming to you live from New Jersey. Normally, I'm in Philadelphia. I'm in New Jersey, but I still think I look good and sound good, Chip. What do you think? Uh, I don't actually know, Jeff. This is actually pre-recorded. Oh, okay. I was busy tonight, so <laughs> this is actually a recording that you hopefully have started, mm -hmm. and I will be talking, and hopefully it will <laughs> sync up to you rather well. All right. Stop, Chip. All right, and then I'll remember to hit play on Chip. Okay, great, Chip. Thank you so much. We're going to have a great show, to Chip. This is part of our movie club series. Boy, the weather know. is cer certainly something today. Oh, shit. Let me stop. Right, Jeff? Stop, Chip. Let me see. Segment two, movie talk. All right, press that. I think The Counting Crows may be second best album, but maybe their best album. What's thoughts? Wrong button. That was music talk. Let me press another two. All right. Back to Lost Boys preview. And I just ate dog food for a week straight. Oh, no, that was that, that was pet chat with Chip. I got to stop that. I, I don't know this pre-recorded Chip bit. I don't know if this is going to work. Uh, let me let me try this one here. This says wildcard. Hey, Chip. Hello, Jeff. That That's a great point that you just made. <laughs> well, I'm going to save that one. I like that one. Let's go. Let me press another one. Oh, this one says startup show. Maybe this will work. Hey, Chip, it's Jeff from Junk Miles Show with Chip and Jeff. You're the Chip part. I'm the Jeff part. We're going to have a great show tonight. You excited? Yes, you are. <laughs> mm. Jeff Lyons and pre-recorded Chip, Junk Miles episode. Guys, this is what we do now. We do, we want to give you some kind of comforting nostalgia where we look back on movies that basically form people's kind of persona can i interrupt for a second sure Jeff? sure sure let's do it and i know this is pre-recorded but i hope you're talking about movie nostalgia right now we certainly are chip that's great i mentioned this in the last episode with senta i believe and i'm so much less concerned anymore about what the greatest movies of all time are yeah, i don't need a shit. To, i don't need to feel nope. cool citizen kane is a great movie but it's whatever i want to watch fast times at ridgemont high and that's why i love these movies that we're watching these are the movies that make you feel good yeah not, they might not be the best movies no. in the it's world not, it's not kurosawa it's no. not you know like movies black and white movies that when people are, are saying what are the greatest movies and you're like that's in french i don't know what that movie right. was right and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with filet mignon this is not a filet mignon podcast no my god this is a quarter pounder podcast whoa quarter pounder i like that even me being a vegetarian, Chip, I can get behind the By quarter the way, pounder with vegan cheese. Do you know Do you know what they call a quarter pounder in France? I have no idea, Chip. Either do I. I've never seen Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Chip, that's the only movie I've ever walked out of. Really? You yeah. didn't, so you're not a fan? Oh, not at all. Oh, I, I'm a big, I, big fan. I, it's the, the amount of like, like extraneous and unnecessary cursing yeah. of like the n-word and the f-word was over and i'm not a prude in any way chip right i am as tough as they come you know me i it was just sensory overload and i just wasn't feeling it and kelly my beautiful wife never says she doesn't curse at all my kids don't curse mm -hmm. me gutter mouth but sure. still i found it too much and we just left i guess we just weren't in the mood for it i know i get you i get you i see it hit me the first time i saw it was a VHS copy passed around my freshman dorm. It came oh. out on it came out on video my freshman year of college, which is literally the demographic that he was looking for. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like that was just 
19 year old boys with too much time on their hands and we just watched it over and over again so i think that's why i became a big fan yeah um so yeah these movies guys so far we've we've discussed the amazing movie called rad then we discussed weird owls you you uhf which is another stone cold classic our last episode with sent to moses we girls just want to have fun they certainly did a very they fun did. movie and this one that's coming up, I'm very excited. It is Lost, The Lost Boys. Um, and we got maybe the perfect guest first, and she should be joining us soon. I'm waiting with bated breath to see that little Kendra Alvey is in, you know, like uh, in the waiting room. I think that's what it's called okay. in Zoom, right? I believe that, so. Yeah. And I, I, you know what? I just blew it. I just said who our special guest that's is. That's all right. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give her the introduction she deserves. Um, she you know, the perfect guest to talk about this movie. And I'm excited to hear it. And the thing I like hearing, Chip, are our guests, when they tell us where they were the first time they saw it and the effect mm. it had on them. I love yes. when they paint that picture because then you think back to your favorite movies, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and where you were. Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. excited pretty much every time. And we're, we're going to have some other guests come on. We have a couple guests slated. Um, if you're a listener out there and you have an idea for yeah. a movie that you want us to talk about, let us let us know. No, totally. Yeah. And I, there's so many out there. But I think the fun part is like our next guest after this one, he hasn't told us his movie yet. He's like, "Ooh, he's rubbing his hands together. And he's like, I can't wait to pick out one. And again, they're not all going to be, you know, 80s, uh, you know, just kind of like 80s movies, whatever movie brought these people joy at a moment in their life when they needed it. And usually it's when they're younger, probably teens that really helped shape them who they are. Like, you know, me fast times was something that was so important to me as, mm -hmm. as, a, as a youngster freshman year. I remember sitting there and I, I created uh, flashcards and, and I would quiz people with quotes and who said the quotes. And I'd like say the quote, they had to tell me who said it. I would have these little fun. This is before the internet, Chip. This was wow, back Chip. in the in the early seventies. You literally invented the internet on index cards. I really did. I would just sit there at lunch and, and start quizzing people, and it being like, "Who said blah blah blah?" And they're like, oh, "That's Damone." I'm like, "It was Damone." Wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's kind of you. Yeah, and that's you, who I am today. You were IMDb. Uh, did they call <laughs> you IMDb Lions? <laughs> yes, and and most people are like, "Internet's not even a word," but we think. We should create it now for you. You were, you were just movie database. Mm -hmm. they, called you mo they, they added the internet part at the end. Man, remember getting the, uh, the books, the, uh, the video books of like, what's his name? Um, just the, 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 the books that showed you all the, everything that was on video and every year it would yes. update and you would just yep. be like, oh, this year so-and-so is out. And you would just read that, mm -hmm. give you a little like one sentence synopsis, director, I remember getting a directory from Omni Video, which was the mom and pop video store in our hometown in the strip mall up the road from us. And it was this basically typewritten, you know, like a typewriter made bound book that was just a listing of all of the movies that they had. So you could take the book home. You know, they gave you one. It was like a, almost, right. like, a, almost like a catalog. And then you could just so you could study the list before you entered the video store. How great is that? Yeah, it was like a Bible. Like that mm -hmm. thing was just sitting around your house. Then you'd go to the video store with it, and you're like, I got these four movies. And you'd go up to like some nerdy guy like you working behind a counter, and you're like, hey, movie nerd, I want to see 
Porky's 2, The mm-hmm. Revenge, not the original. I have that. I own that one. Yeah. See? Exactly. Yeah. It's, I don't need that one. I got it. Yep. Uh, all way, right. And, and we, we can talk about this later, but I think we did, did talk about my favorite job of all time is when I worked at a video yeah. store in the late 90s. Chip, breaking news. Kendra Alv is, has entered the waiting room. We're going to admit. Let's see if this happens. I'm really excited to see if Kendra comes in. Oh, my goodness. She's joining. She's connecting to audio. This is very exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting. One of my favorite people, Chip, for the past probably 10 years on Twitter. That's almost a decade, Jeff. Yeah. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Uh, we're very excited to have you, Chip, Kendra, Kendra, Chip. Thank you so much for coming on tonight, Kendra. I'm excited. Yeah, we were just discussing about like just talking a little bit about Lost Boys already, and we're very excited. I watched it recently. Chip, did you watch it recently? Yes, I have. And d- did it hold up, Chip? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I'll be honest with you. I watched it recently and I really honestly don't think I needed to because I watched it so many times <laughs> as a youth. Oh my that, gosh. Kendra, do you I, feel the same way? Yeah. And I'm, I'm stoked to talk to someone who loves it as much as I do. Well, before we get into it, I have to give you the proper Junk Miles introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, Junk Miles is happy, very happy, excited to uh, have a special guest, author of The Hunter, Ghost of Palooza, and Ghosts of Summer Pass, a Kindle Book Award finalist. Congratulations, Kendra. She is, she is a Pisces. She's part goth on her mom's side. Fa- one of our favorite people, Kendra Garden. You can check her out at, at Kendra Garden. I'm calling you Kendra Garden because that's your handle, but your name is Kendra Alvey. Is that okay if I use both? You can use whatever you want. You can use whatever you want. <laughs> Well, Kendra, thanks for joining us. And Kendra's here to talk about the 1987 classic. I'm sure everybody who t- tunes into us, Chip, knows about this movie. But if they haven't, we're going to take take a deep dive because it's going to be fun. Because this mm-hmm. movie is just exploding with fun. Yep. Kendra, I want to ask you right away, set the table. Where were you when you first saw this? I was at Jill Peterson's house. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I said I said Jill Peterson. Didn't you? Did, or Jeff said that you were like, I bet you she was at Jill's house, and I was like, yes. I, I think she was at Angela's house. And he's like, no, Jill's. No, I give it. I'm giving it to him. I did not go to Angela's house. I was way mm-hmm. more of a Jill person. Yep. Um, yeah, I was at Jill Peterson's house, and I have to give her parents props because her parents took us to Blockbuster, and we picked that out, and they let us rent it, and I never would have gotten to see it otherwise. So. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Peterson. <laughs> the the, the Alvey parents weren't as permissive, I take it, back oh, in Texas. No. They were, um, my, my friends would have said they were like the strictest parents of all of the friends. Oh, wow. But um, they let me wear whatever I wanted and they let mm-hmm. me read whatever I wanted. So I was reading like a lot of like Stephen King and B.C. Andrews. Mm-hmm. I was wearing like whatever I wanted. I was listening to Depeche Mode, but uh, they didn't let me watch TV and they were really strict about what videos I watched. So, wow. So yeah. you, you would escape. So we're, we're at your friend's house. You put yeah. it in. Were you, did you buy in right away? Was this like right away? You knew this was a movie for young Kendra. I mean, from the get, it's, it's so awesome. <laughs> like, you know, you're like a little kid watching this and you're like, oh, Am I supposed to be watching this? I don't know, but like, it's so thrilling. And these vampires are so sexy. And like, they're, what are they flying over the water at the beginning? Like, it's, it's so exciting. And I, 
I just was immediately like smitten. Just and was was it cool that it also fit into like the music, the kind of like goth, proto goth stuff you were listening at the time when you're young and you find like music you like and then like some movie that actually has that music it's like an explosion of goodness yeah i mean it's um it was it was the beginning of me kind of getting into that stuff i think i um i saw that film and i think a friend gifted me um the Anne rice vampire chronicles like later that year or something I was already like, you know, kind of hanging out with like the, the alt kids. So right. it was just like the very beginning, like I had two black t-shirts and I would just wear them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping people wouldn't notice. Yeah. Like stealing stuff from my dad. Like this is mm. cool, right? Like, I don't know. But um, I, it definitely helped me with my aesthetic, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Let me give, I'll give the brief synopsis of the movie. Again, it came out in 1987. Uh, it's a supernatural horror vampire film directed by Joel Schumacher, produced by Harvey Bernhard, screenplay by Jeffrey Bohm. Um, the film's ensemble cast, pretty heavy hitter cast for back in the day. Yep. Corey Haim, Jason Patrick, Keith Sutherland, Jamie Gertz, the other Corey, Corey Feldman, the amazing Diane Wiest. Ed Herman as her paramour in the movie. And then you had the, uh, the vampires, Billy Worth, Brooke McCarter, Alex Winter. How cool was it to see a young Alex Winter playing? Like yeah. um, the, the title, do you guys know what the title is in reference to Lost Boys? I just learned this this year. I never made the, I, so I, I, I did know <laughs> it, but it literally took me until I was uh, about six months ago till that I actually realized that what this was. Kendra, you any idea? Your mind might be blown. Yeah, like a young, like a young Chip Chantry being six months ago, uh, Chip Chantry. When I found this out, my my, I was walking my dog and I found <laughs> this out, and I was like, "You have to be kidding me! How did I never realize this?" It's like so obvious, and then it's not. And when I read it, I'm like, maybe I did know this, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. Basically, the titles in reference to J.M. Barry's stories about Peter Pan and the Neverland kids, right? That's what I was going to guess, but then I didn't want to just totally say something stupid. So I no. just was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> no. Chip and I, I will be the ones who say something stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, there's literally no way you could touch the depths of the stupidity of the things that we've said. So don't <laughs> yes. worry about that at all. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's the idea of like vampires, like the kids there who never grow up and they're bad boys. Um, originally, like the producer wanted this movie to start the vampires to be like young teens as well as the vampire hunters. But Schumacher, the director, said, No, I want a sexy vampire movie. I want a movie I can market where I want a young Kendra and her friend to be like, This isn't a kiddie movie. This is sexy 20 year olds raising hell like I will someday. Yes. Kendra, right away, who did you kind of side with? Were you siding with like uh, vampires? Team yeah. vampires. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, screw the Frog Brothers. I don't understand. <laughs> let these people be vampires. They would have been happier. I love that because I know Chip's answer would have been I would have been with the safe 
whoever the safest group of young kids was, I'd be watching, you'd be watching from afar, right, Chip? 100%. Yeah. I, <laughs> I would be the, the, the dad that they left back in Missouri or whatever, staying, <laughs> staying safe away from all the riffraff. That's and, and Kendra, you would be in the vampire cave when the vampires get back. Like, hey guys, how was it? You guys yeah. need something to drink? <laughs> yeah, I'm hanging with Star. Like, I'm, I'm definitely like, but I'm not gonna like try to save myself from being half a vampire. Like, make me whole, Kiefer. I want the weird vampire beat. Do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Kiefer, Kiefer hands you the bottle of wine. He's like. Kendra, this is your, yeah, I know, I know. Give me, give me. Or me just like chug and it. And I chug it. No questions. Yes. <laughs> the cool thing about this movie, I, I realized is it could be a great drinking game if you drank every time Kiefer said, Michael. Every, yeah. Every time. Like he, a million times. Yeah. Every time he talks to him, even in the same paragraph, and my wife was saying maybe it's a vampire thing. Like vampires always have to be like addressing because he would do the same thing with Star. He'd be like, Star, let's not do that. But he's always like, Michael, join yeah. us. Michael, fly with us. It, it's like as if he just read Dale Carnegie's How to Win <laughs> Friends and Influence uh, Potential Vampires. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Kiefer Sutherland like read that script and was like, man, this is easy. All I have to say is Michael. <laughs> He had, which is odd, he had the least amount of lines in the whole movie by far out of the main leads, out of like the- Oh, I was going to say, because those other vampires had like five lines between them. Total. Ted from Bill and Ted. But they each had like a good, each of them had like a little catchphrase. Like yes. remember like, I'm going to, the one guy, like the sexy Billy Worth, like right before he got shot with an arrow said something like, I'm going to get you sucker or something yep. like very 80s. <laughs> then he gets killed. Um, they, they each had a little something to say, but yeah, van, uh, lead wise, Kiefer had very few things to say. I, uh, I feel like on that point too, with the, the cool things that vampire said between the cool, the vampire and the frog brothers. And I, I think the other Corey as well. I really feel like the the gentleman who wrote the script or whoever rewrote the script was just like, I'm going to try to get as many catchphrases in as <laughs> like, I'm going to make it quotable. Like he saw Caddyshack and he's like, I'm going to make more quotable lines. I think it fell flat a couple of times, but oh, yeah. there were many that, you know, it's attack of Eddie Munster. Yes. Death, death by stereo. Like he just saw that on a t-shirt. Like he just saw like that. I'm going to sell a million t-shirts. This is death by stereo. <laughs> Kendra, 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 any uh, favorite lines from the movie? Anything that? Um, let me think. I actually like, actually wrote some down in my little. Yes. Oh, yes. great. Vampires on I love it. <laughs> All right. I, while you're looking at that, I have to say, tour de force acting job by young Corey Haim. Mm -hmm. I thought he was so oh, yeah. good, so like believable as a sweet young kid. But then when he was around kids his own age, he put up this veneer of toughness, mm -hmm. like wise guy, but he was still like a little kid. And like his line, when he goes on a tirade, he's like, finds out his brother's a vampire. And he's like, wait till mom finds out. Like it was so cute and so real. Like a kid would say that at that age. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. Yep. Does he, so I have this theory that they wrote that part for like an eight-year-old. And then they gave it to Corey Haim because he's Corey Haim. And of course he's awesome. But like, there's so many like scenes where he seems like a tiny child and he's like yep. 14 or 15. And it's sort of weird. 
right? Like when he's in the bathtub and he's taking a bath. Like, take go take your bath. What if he's going to take his bath at eight o'clock at night? That's very interesting because I, at one point, when I was watching it recently, thought that it was like, was it a female role that they were going for? And then they turned it into Corey Haim's Maybe. character. Yeah. The, the original, yeah, it was supposed to be the vampire, Corey and the vampire, the Frog Brothers were a little younger than that, like okay. around 10-ish. Vampires were like young teens. Okay. So obviously they they rewrote the the vampire stuff, but it looks like, as Kendra said, maybe they kept, yeah, like a 14-year-old, taking a bath was, I still think kind of cute, but yeah, maybe he was a little too old for that. Yeah. Because then when he was with the Frog Brothers, he was a total wise guy and he was like kind of telling them really what was going on. And, mm -hmm. yeah, and I, he's scared of things. Like he's scared of the um, the creatures that the grandfather makes. Yes. The like, like, I mean, I'm sorry, but like if you're 15, you're gonna laugh at that. Like mm -hmm. you're yeah. not like, oh, ah, like <laughs> he was, he's just, he's just a little baby. You know, yeah. he's mm -hmm. playing him like a baby. So I don't know, but that's, that's a great point. Great point. Yeah. But I, don't know. Was, I always thought it was weird. Was <laughs> this the first, uh, Corey movie? Yeah. Double Corey movie. This is the first one where they start together. It was, this is the first double Corey movie. Uh, once this movie came out and became popular, people saw that dynamic between the two. Corey Feldman was already pretty much an established kid actor with the Goonies TV shows. Like he was already like beloved, but when they saw that Corey chemistry guys, you know, it was, it was there. And right after this in 87, I believe it was licensed to drive mm -hmm. quickly followed by dream, a little, dream, dream, a little dream, dream, right. And they were the two big Corey movies for the Corey verse, I guess you would call it. What, what yeah. if, what if they, the producers decided instead of like the Corey's, they just decided there was a better chemistry and it was like, Corey and Ed, like Ed Herman and Corey decided, like, <laughs> and they just went on all these romps in all these different movies. I think that would be great. That'd yeah. be great. Kendra, here's here's a question for you, Kendra. Name okay. at least one one of the posters in in Young Corey's bedroom. He had two. He had two prominent posters of two prominent celebrities. Okay, we've got. Uh, sexy Rob Lowe. Yes. <laughs> We've got uh, sexy um, uh, uh, Molly Ringwald. Yes, very good. Oh my gosh, Molly Ringwald, I forgot her name. Imagine if you um, forgot her name. Oof. And then I've also like think that there is some kind of a sexy car with like a hottie in front of it. Yeah. Right? So I feel like Corey Haim's character is pan or bi maybe. Right, because like there's they're they're all sexy and yeah. they're prominently displayed. So See, I mean they don't go into it, but you know what it might have been, I think also Joel Schumacher, he directed Rob Lowe in a movie before this, I believe. So he it's like if I like Rob Lowe, kids like Rob Lowe, throw that Rob Lowe poster. <laughs> Who also is big? Well, the biggest Brad Pack star from 16 Candles, that he's like, get Molly Ringwald up there as well, bounce it out. So he was really in charge, I believe, in a lot of the stylistic elements, um, which I thought was really funny because like even in when they're in the video store, Corey Feldman was in Goonies and there's a prominent display of Goonies behind Ed Herman at one point. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's all these cute little like, you know, nods to the the universe that, that it lived in. So I thought that was kind of neat. That is cool. 
you know, this movie was only fil- filmed in three weeks. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Wow. Um, I'm going to get, Kendra, when we talk about movies, I sprinkle in little fun facts about the movie. I like um, This um, Schumacher also, he envisioned Star, like with Star, you were with, you were fully on board with Star uh, as the, as the character and actress. Jamie Gertz. Jamie Gertz, a great role for her. Mm-hmm. Originally, he wanted more of a waifish blonde. He wanted like a Meg Ryan. I know, which totally would have killed the kind of dynamic they were building. But thanks to Jason Patrick said, no, 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 no. You have to get Jamie Gertz. I was just in a movie with her called Solar Babies. I don't know if either of you have ever seen Solar Babies. Have yeah. not. It is not good. But it is super fun to watch. I'm not going to tell you anything about it. I watched it last year. It's a trip. Okay. So he said to Schumacher, audition Jamie Gertz. And they auditioned Jamie Gertz, and she got it right there. He's like, yep, you're right. So thank Jason Patrick stepping in for his buddy that got Jamie Gertz. Wow. And not That's some. Really um, yeah. He was like, we need a curly-haired actress. And I mean, he was right. So. I Kendra, you as a famous curly-haired person, you yeah. must feel really good when you see people in your tribe on screen. That was like a curly hair tour de force, yes. right? Because yeah. the lead, Jason Patrick, mm-hmm. all the sexy vampires had curls somewhere, right? Um, star. I'm surprised they didn't give the Corys two perms. Yeah. You know, Haim is, it's a little curly. It's a, a little thing coming down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had the Jamie Gertz when you asked me to do this podcast, and then I cut it to the uh, Jason Patrick. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. We appreciate yeah, that. You're welcome. It was because of this. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. And and when you're done this, maybe you'll go and do the Ed Herman, right? I mean, yep. who, who knows? My wife just asked, like Keith or Sutherland, like he is such an enigma. He's not the best looking guy, but boy, oh boy, did they choose the right guy to be the head vampire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agree or disagree? Charisma. I think it's charisma is what he's got. Moxie. Kendra, are you a Keith or Sutherland fan? Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm a Keith or Sutherland as a vampire fan. (laughs) I don't know if I can even name anything else he's done. I mean, he was on that 24 show that my parents watched. Yeah, that's. That was forever. he was in, speaking of Corey Feldman, he was in Stand By Me. Oh, right. Oh, that's right. That's right. But I, but I, and like, he was, so he's always like a bag. I'm trying to think of a, A, I'm trying to think of another movie I've seen him in, and B, have I ever seen him as a good guy? Like a fun-loving good guy? He was in uh, Flatliners. I was going to say Flatliners, but I don't think I've ever seen that. Flatliners is good. That's freaky. Yeah. yeah. Flatliners is a good one. Um, and he plays another, I believe, kind of arrogant, kind of who is the more of the 80s arrogant assholes james spader keith or sutherland thoughts spader spader yeah it's got to be spader when you look back at spader's movies of like the 80s he's in more movies where he's just playing spader and it's great he's just like that's who i am um this movie what was the town guys the town fictional town san dimas it was santa santa clara I San believe Clara. San Dimas was Bill and Ted, right? Bill and Ted, oh my God. That's right, San Dimas, that's right, Bill and Ted, yeah. Santa Carlo. Santa Carla. Carla, okay. Carla. Carla. But 
but it's really Santa Cruz, right? It's really Santa, Santa Cruz. Cruz. And yeah. this is this is a great little tidbit I've learned. In the movie, it's called the murder capital, right? Because of uh, the vampires. Actually, Santa Cruz, where it takes place, was called the murder capital of the world. Uh, three different very disturbed men in the 70s, uh, and their names are John Lindley Frazier, Herbert Mullen, and Edmund Kemper, uh, 28 murders over a 30-month period between 70 and 73. Wow. So it really was the murder capital of the world. And when when they went, they the directors, producers said, this is a perfect spot for it because we want that kind of, you know, on the ocean, uh, carnival, weird vibe. And the the town, you know, whatever board of tourism said, you can shoot here, but you have to change the name because we already have the stigma of murders. So we don't want to. So that's why they had to change the name to Santa Clara. I love wow. that. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's cool. I mean, the murders aren't cool, but like no. the mythos of it is cool. <laughs> Kendra, we're not, we're not pro murder on this podcast. We're not one of those podcasts that delves deep into almost like lionizing serial killers, which I mm-hmm. believe there are probably... 40 podcasts doing that right yes. now. Lionsizing. Lionsizing. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Lionsizing. Lionsizing. Yes. Have to get a name in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then guys, do you, I, I have to geek out. This is something that, and we're going to talk about, I think the scene everybody knows the most is one of the early scenes in the movie when they first arrive, uh, Jason Patrick, Corey Feldman, I mean, Corey Haim, they go and see a very weird concert that's taking yes. place. Kendra, what 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 happens at that concert? Um, there's like a really hot greased up sax player dude and he plays and uh, apparently I'm supposed to know his name, but I forgot it. No, yeah, I, I have his name somewhere. <laughs> I think and he, I want to say it's Tim. Yes. Is it Tim Capello? Is that yes, it is. It is. Is it Tim Capello? Yeah, that's exactly who it is. Yeah. And he literally was a legitimate musician he played with peter gabriel carly simon tina turner he toured with for like 15 years i was fully on board everything about the movie the the mood they set like the opening scene kendra where it's the view of the vampires and that song the most famous song which you sent me a link to the the most perfect theme song where it just comes in and like the the young female voices are singing that the uh the Real soft. Shall <laughs> shall. And right away, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in. Sexy and like kind of spooky and like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to look that like on loop all day, every day. Like, yes, yes. It's I a- bought the soundtrack just for that song so I could listen to it on a loop. Huge NXS fan, huge mm-hmm. NXS fan, and then like at the time, and at then I buy the soundtrack and I'm obsessed with Cry Little Sister by some dude I'd never heard of. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I believe, uh, if, if I remember correctly, In Excess agreed to do those songs uh, because in exchange for Joel Schumacher, and I think I had this right, Joel Schumacher directed a few of their videos. That was yes. a trade-off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, it's, it's a good trade-off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, ba- band swinging deals, like, hell yeah, it just you throw us a bone, direct mm-hmm. a video or two. Yeah, so I was fully on board with the vibe, like the creepiness, the carnival atmosphere it's like the fall of a of a party town there's there's metal guys there's punk guys and then they get to the concert and i'm like thinking they'll probably have like sisters of mercy type band like maybe some punk goth metal something that really ties us all together and then they give you bam this 
weirdo guy, muscly, greasy, playing a sax. Wearing and, chains as a shirt. Yes. I, that's the only part of the movie I really had a hard time buying in. Literally everyone in that crowd would have been making fun of this guy. Oh, I disagree. I think that- No. Like, no, it's like 19, what, 86? Okay. People were into that in 1986. They were like, <laughs> look how much grease is on him. Like, this is amazing. And he actually, you know, he plays really well. So. And, and he's good looking, right? I guess. I mean, enough. He's hot in like a rock way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right. I'm wrong. Chip, did you have any problem with him as a young? I, I think it's it, it, it's jarring. And also, I think it's it's not him. I think it's the saxophone. He's very good at the saxophone. <laughs> but I think the saxophone kind of jumps out as like, is this a fifties band? Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think if there was a, if he was holding a guitar, yeah. be like this man is just, you know, the devil incarnate. And, but then it's like, a, it's a saxophone. And I think that kind of, it, it, like, it's, it's like, if he's like carrying a, a French horn, like he pulled for the next, <laughs> for my next number. And then he pulls out like a flute. You're like, okay, yeah. this is. They pan saxophone. over. There's another sexy guy just playing the tuba. You're like, wait a minute. Right. This is, this is too much. Yeah. I'm going to geek out so hard here, guys. All right. I, I dove deep. I'm like, all right, the song he's playing is a great song. I still believe it was still a believe. cover of a song by The Call, a great 80s band, The Call. And they had a bunch of like really good songs back in the 80s. And then I'm thinking, well, I, I need to learn more about The Call because I remember their lead singer, Michael Bean, died pretty young. And his son was the lead singer of Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Okay. Oh, yeah, and which was, you know, they're, they're a good band. They've been around since, you know, the t early 2000s. So I'm just reading up on that. Like he died when he was on tour with his son's band. It was really sad. Oh, um, Michael Bean from Santa Cruz, California. Really? Oh, Hometown boy. Hometown boy, right? Isn't Blow that weird off. how it all kind of just goes together? Mm -hmm. So people, if you hear that song from the album, I still believe... Check out the original by The Call and just go on like Spotify. Their top five songs, a lot of classics there. Really, really good. Um, covers on that. On there's what? Soundtrack. There's so many covers. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? It's like, it feels like it's like all covers. I mean, I know it's not, but like there's like the- Did Roger the Daltrey. Echo yeah, and the Bunnyman. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. It's, I guess maybe that's what you get, like, when you're doing a soundtrack because it's cheaper or something. Yeah, the, I feel like that's interesting though. The whole idea was, what did Roger Daltrey say? Was it, don't let the sun go down on me? Is mm -hmm. that what? Yes. I feel like that's a big artist and a big song, but mm -hmm. they didn't really utilize it in mm -hmm. the movie. Like, I feel like it was just a weird, like you you know they're not getting either of those cheaply, I would assume. And they, so they take a big artist with a big song, put them together and then, they don't really, it's sort of a throwaway song, I think, in the It's a, in the It's movie. a bad cover. Like, Daltrey's a great, great singer, but it's a yeah. weak cover. Like, the orchestration, him, he's not really giving it his all there. Mm -hmm. oh, I like, like uh, George Michael does a much better yeah. version with Elton John. Yeah. So, yeah, the, it's, it's kind of sad. <laughs> Echo and the Bunnymen do a nice job with uh, People Are Strange. People Are Strange, very good. I and think it's better than The Doors. Everything's yeah. better than The Doors, Kendra. I think Definitely. we can all agree. <laughs> There's, there's at any cover of the doors, it's a step up. Right. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to bash the doors much, but. but and I think aesthetically, there's that thing too of like, you know, they have some do doors covers in there. They have the big Jim Morrison 
poster in the cave, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the layer, if you will. And then they have, you know, Michael Hutchinson in excess who has that, I think a similar vibe. Yeah. And then Jason Patrick who just like, they all sort of fall in that same aesthetic. It's called yeah. the, the brooding. Yes, the brooding. It's the hair and brooding. Who's yeah. who are Kendra? Who are your some of your favorite brooding actors? I'm going to say Jason Patrick right up there. He's pretty broody. He's broody. Um, I like Tom Hiddleston. Oh, broody, there you go. Broody, but like he's definitely he's, like goth and like kind of I don't know. He's broody. He can he can do broody pretty well. Yeah. But this was this literally was a masterclass of brooding on on Michael's part. When you have to say his name, Michael, you have to Michael. say it. Michael, 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 Michael. Everyone, take a turn. Chip, you go. Michael, Kendra. Michael. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Michael, yeah. and then give me a star. Star. Chip, your turn. Star. Kendra. Star. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> So Kendra, you and your buddy are watching this movie. Yes. You right away are you like going to your friend like, how great is this? Or are you keeping cool? You're focusing, and then afterwards, did she like it as much as you? I think. Okay, this was a very long time ago, <laughs> but what I remember of that night is that we watched it twice, um, and there were several of us, and we were giddy, and. It was West Texas where all we ate were, it was like burgers and chicken bread steak and their Jill's parents were kind of bougie and they served us steamed artichoke. So <laughs> I now associate the movie Lost Boys with steamed artichoke and I love both. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we did all love it. Like we, we definitely felt like we were um, being naughty, which was fun. Yep. A little danger. Uh, yeah. A little danger. And um we were very upset when um, Jason Patrick and Jamie Gertz are about to do it, and then they cut away to like clouds. Like, yes. yes. Like, show us something. <laughs> I'm still mad about that, but you know. But show us. Uh, I forgot. I forgot that, and I thought they were going to show much more, and I just rewatched it with my two daughters. My one daughter bailed a third of the way through. She got too scared. My older one doesn't like scary movies. My younger one, 13, Una is all, she's just like, oh, I don't care. And, you know, she's on her phone, but she's watching. She it. And then when that scene came up, I'm like, all right, I can fast forward, fast forward. And looks like that, cut it out. And then nothing <laughs> happened. I'm like, yes. And, and I think it's, a, a, it's one of those movies that, especially as a child watching it, I put it in the same realm as one of my other favorite movies, Poltergeist where it's like a, it's like horror light, like it's a horror movie, but it's, you can watch it on TV. Like there can be a made for TV version. So okay. it's sort of a nice step into the genre. Yeah. Good point. I love Poltergeist and I rewatched it. I, I do like one horror movie a day um, every October. And oh, I, that's great. So fun. Um, but I did, I watched, I rewatched it last October and it totally holds up. It's and great. it is horror light because it is not that scary, but it's definitely like gripping. And it's know, funny. Fun. There's it's so funny. many funny lines. Craig T. Nelson, I think, is hilarious in it. I mean, there's so many good lines in that. Um, okay, I need to, if we, Jeff, if you don't mind, if we sort of uh, diverge out here, oh, I, I try to, I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't mm -hmm. always get one a day, but I try to watch a number of horror movies 
a, a year around this time, of course. I like a nice quirky horror movie that's a little off the beaten path, even a little cheesy, like a Halloween three, one of my favorites, just because it's so bizarre really? and goofy. Okay. Yes. Three, because it's so silly and so ridiculous and it totally goes off the Michael Myers thing. Uh, any that you would recommend that's just yeah. like, you know, a goofy one with, you know, it's like Fun House or, you know, Killer Kellons from Outer Space, like something that's like, or, or do you really go in for like a, a deep, like I just watched Midsummer, uh, which just totally scared the pants off of me. Uh, love Midsummer. Yeah. Um, I love Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It's mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, Troll 2 is really fun. In that <laughs> Troll 2, all right. Yeah, you gotta you gotta shout out Troll too. <laughs> it's not scary, but it's fun. Um, I like the Scream franchise yeah. for that because it's very light and very self aware and so funny. Um, yeah, but there, you know it gets gory. Uh, I like Cabin in the Woods a lot. Oh my god, that is that is one of my favorite. Not only horror movies, I just think it's a just a great movie all around like i love it it's such a you never know where it's going well you think you know where it's going and you know and you don't right so and cheek and clever and smart and and just i mean yeah i could read you know when we we all first started buying films like digital copies of films that was the first thing i bought because <laughs> i knew oh, i was wow. watching it i love it follows in the same way um, sure. and it's not as funny <laughs> not funny at all yes. Kendra um you mentioned early on about you know the opening scene where you're you're the vampire point point of view like I thought that was such a cool device of whenever they're going to feed or going to attack it's just their point of view going down and the scream and then it just fades to that was more of a budget than a stylistic maneuver. Did you did you know that? That they're like, we don't have a big budget. We have a three-week shoot. We don't really know how we can harness these vampires and show them Aww. in the air going down. So it was a director, or I think it was the actual DP, said like, why don't we just do a point of view, show it really cool and not have to worry about like, here's Kiefer in a harness, like, ah. <laughs> That's, I think that's really smart because it worked. It worked amazingly yeah, because that ad, like the opening scene where it's after a while, you're like, wait, that's a vampire's point of view. Pretty it's like Jaws. Cool. It's like, it's, it's just like Jaws because the yeah. mechanical vampires kept breaking down. I think that's <laughs> how great it would have been just one of the vampires is just like a really obvious robot right. animatronic vampire. Yeah. Oh man. We combine like two of my favorite genres. Vampire and, and sci-fi robot, like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned the the Scream series that holds up too. I rewatched the three of them. How many are there? Four, right? Four. I believe there's going to be five. There've been four currently. Yes. I the three that I watch really hold up, and whereas like a lot of movies, I mentioned this in an earlier podcast. I watched Weekend at Bernie's, and at the end, I'm like. There's no way they could ever make a sequel to this because it's just everyone's dead. It's ridiculous. And then there was one. So like after Scream, I'm like, you know, you can't keep this this motif going. And then the second one, you're like, wow, they, they kept it going and it's really good. And then the third one, I'm like, there's it's going to and nope, they did it again. Mm -hmm. I loved them all. Yeah, all and right. that was a real game changer because horror was not big 
like car was at that point when screen came out horror movies were just considered like you know almost straight to video there was nothing and then what was it Wes Craven Kendra is that who who did who did scream is it yeah it is it is Wes Craven um yeah but I think around that time like maybe uh I know what you did last summer did that I think that came out around the same time that was around the same time yeah yeah there were a couple and um but I do, I do agree that Scream kind of revitalized that because it, it, the movie that you could convince your friend who says she's too scared to see horror movies, you could convince, you could convince her to go to that with you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But the the visceral stabbing though, like that really showed you like what someone who's getting stabbed would feel like. Like that's the only part that I was. I'm not a big, I'm squeamish, but you know, like when the two leads, Skeet Ulrich and the other funny guy really are completely all stabbed up they're just like oh you know i'm like yeah that's what stabbing must really feel like and that's some amazing amazing acting in that last scene when they're dying bleeding everywhere and they're and they're still doing their banter like i just yes so clever and funny <laughs> love them he's really what's his name um the funny guy tall funny guy in the movie i i'm twin matthew bad matthew, matthew lillard Matthew Lillard, yes. Lillard. Oh my God. Matthew Lillard is really good in everything he's in. Like SLC Punk, he was really good. Yeah. Scooby Doo, he was really good. Like he, he's pretty much like Matthew Lillard in everything he's in. Yeah. But he's yeah. but he's a very welcome character, I think. Yeah, and they're both still working. Both of those guys, like Skeet Ulrich, Ulrich. Um, uh, what's that show uh, about Archie? Oh, Summer- Riverdale. 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 And okay. um, yeah, and uh, Matthew Lillard was just on Twin Peaks, which is rad. So. Oh, wow. Oh, the new Twin Peaks. Oh, wow. Yeah. The okay. new season. So like, but they're still working, which I think is great because they're both awesome. Now, I mentioned sequels. Now, I just discussing this with my daughters. Um, was there anything either of you noticed in the, I don't want to spoil for people, but I think everyone who's watching this or listening to this knows what happened. Anything peculiar about one of the vampire's deaths at the end that gave you pause? My daughter brought this up to me right away. And then I did some, when Kiefer died, uh-huh. normally oh. when you- Oh, I know what you're gonna say, because it's not wood. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought about this a lot. <laughs> and we I- all did. I think here's the thing like I'm not just a Lost Boys fan I'm just a vampire fan in general like I love vampires and I've read a lot of vampire fiction and I've watched a lot of vampire movies and shows and the mythos changes like from from thing to thing and I think I'm okay with it like that's where I've landed on it because um yeah an antler is not made of wood um but it probably like went through his heart right Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, like maybe in that, maybe in this vampire world that you know Schumacher created, uh, that's enough. Like we don't know the exact rules. Or did the Frog Brothers say it had to be wood? They just said stake through the heart. I think stake through the heart. Well, Chip, Kendra, the I, I did a deep dive. My daughter brought that up also. She noticed that when vamps in this die they they disintegrate like into dust you know like they have the big death they purposely i think showed him and his skin was like perfect 
afterwards and they just kind of showed him what I found out was they filmed an entire scene at the end, didn't make it into the movie. They were planning a sequel. He didn't die. And the sequel scene that they filmed and never showed was he lived and he goes back to the bat cave. I mean, the vampire cave and there are other vampires and the sequel is going to be called lost girls, a whole wow. new group of vampire women. Oh. Wow. I'm going to cry. I know. Yeah. Right. Why didn't you get that? Joel Schumacher for the next few years tried really hard to get it made. Like he shopped it around. Everyone was pretty sure it was going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things. You know, usually one of the star catapults and it's like, yeah, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, the Corys would have been fully there, but maybe Jason Patrick was already doing Rush or whatever movies, (laughs) you know, in and so... Sadly, there was no official sequel, but also sadly, there were two direct-to-video. Oh. In 2008, Lost Boys The Tribe and 2010, Lost Boys The Thirst were released direct-to-video, direct-to-DVD. Both Corey Feldman ideas. He was the guy behind it. It was like the Frog Brothers. Makes sense. The latter one featured the other Frog Brother, Jameson Newlander, as Alan Frog. But they both, I believe, have a zero rating on the tomato meter. I could see that. I never watched them. And I, I just, like, two hours before we started talking, someone sent me a link to doing <laughs> a, a remake. And I, I just was like, okay, cool. I'll probably watch it. I watched all the Ghostbusters remakes. But, like, you know, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm excited or devastated. And, and it's definitely not lost girls. These are dudes again. So it's like, dudes but again. But again, like do girls. My God. Mm-hmm. What, How great would have lost that? girls been? <laughs> They've been amazing. Yeah. Good. Like um, got some like really awesome actresses we could, uh, we could, we could get. Yeah. Think if we casted that, like who were the up and coming actresses, late eighties, young, who like, could Like would have Jamie Gertz be involved somehow? She would, she still. Well, she she would be an anti-vamp at that yeah, point, so yeah, she'd she, be the she'd adversary. Be on the other side. I I could see like a uh, like a, a a Winona Ryder, maybe. Yeah. Well, you know what? You just take the what was the movie? The uh, it was Craft. many years later. The Craft. Like you mm-hmm. get those like kind of Baruza Box and you know Nev Campbell's and kind of like some. I hate to term badass, but that kind of like edgy, mm-hmm. you know, like female character, and then have a fun one. She got to have one sure. fun vamp, right? Who's just yes. like goofing around. Like, come on. Your time. Yeah. yeah my, um, my dog's name is Winona Forever. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna get a tattoo. To. Is that is that named after a tattoo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I named that, a dog after a tattoo. The, which is my favorite tattoo of all. That's my favorite tattoo of all time because he turned it into the when he apparently had it changed into yeah. when they broke up or I don't know if they were ever divorced or they broke up. He changed it from Winona Forever. Jeff, do you know what he did? This is Dave Perner we're talking about, correct? No, uh, <laughs> this is uh, J- Jonathan Depp, I believe. Oh, right? Johnny Depp, her, her first. Okay. Yes, Johnny Depp got a tattoo that said Winona Forever. Oh, and wine, then they then wine, they broke up. Yeah. Wine Forever. Close. Is it wh- what so- is it? Wino. Mm-hmm. Wino Forever. Yes. I mean, come on. Yeah, he's an idiot. He's just what a dope. He's just, if you ever want to see really, really, really bad music, 
He's in a band called Hollywood Vampires. Go to YouTube, type in Hollywood Vampires. It's him and his dopey celebrity friends and like some old crotchety old classic rock guys like Alice Cooper or something. Mm -hmm. And Johnny Depp plays guitar and he's so not good. He just literally the whole time, he's just like no movement, no stage presence. He's just making sure he's hitting the right notes. notes. And they just do covers of like lame, like classic rock. Oh, no Johnny Depp fan here. By the way, I- Sorry. What's that? I said, don't make me feel sorry for Johnny Depp. (laughs) Well, and that's part of the, I always felt bad for, if we can go back to Skeet Ulrich, Skeet Ulrich, I always felt like he suffered from being like the sub Johnny Depp because he looked so much like Johnny Depp. He was like Mm -hmm. Johnny Johnny Depp Jr. So I think he like missed out on some roles that he could have really thrived in. That's not fair. Team Ulrich or Mm -hmm. whichever it is. Whatever it is, Skeet. Um. Prior to this, Kenja, the thing that we love about movies, Chip and I, all these 80 movies, is the endings are usually cut very short, like it's just an abrupt ending. And mm. the three movies that we talked about so far, I believe, had our favorite thing is called a freeze frame ending. So whether it's the breakfast club at the end where he's pumping yeah. his fist, <laughs> Rad, the BMX movie, he's holding a bike up. Nice. Um, the movie that we watched with your friend sent to Moses recently, oh, yes. um, girls just want to have fun. Like everybody who was involved in the movie is at the final scene and they're mm-hmm. all just like, do they jump? Or something? No, this, sometimes they jump. Sometimes it's just, they're all in there and they just smile. And then it's just <laughs> like freeze frame fade. This one, Chip, I was so close to being like... It was very close. It's a maybe even better than a freeze frame. It's a great ending. It's one of it's my favorite It's a great endings. endings. It, it, just... it ends on one of my favorite lines from somebody who we haven't even brought up yet. Uh, maybe, my, maybe my favorite character in the movie, the grandfather. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hila- there's nothing that this man says that isn't hilarious. Yes. Can either of you name the exact lot, final line of the movie that he says? Okay, I'm not going to cheat. I was going to look. Um, <laughs> it's a great one. One thing I hate about Santa, Santa Clara, Clara, all the goddamn the vampires. vampires. <laughs> Nailed yes. it. Kendra. And then I think it just cuts to the reaction. The reaction shot. The three, the, the mom and the two boys, like with the light of the. Oh, and uh, then the fridge closes. The light of the fridge. Oh, it's, and it's just it's Diane Weiss. It's the two guys Jason and they're Patrick. all just like this. They're like. Uh, <laughs> it's beautiful it's such a great time. shot because they're is. like holy it's them all saying holy shit without saying holy shit yes. and then just going into the three lines three notes of uh the yeah. uh, you're strange yeah, people strange. Oh, yeah. yeah another one of my sorry it's like fuck you grandfather yeah. <laughs> you didn't warn us mm-hmm. like that's the first thing you should have said like you're playing dead on the porch we walk up by the way the town's yep. crawling with vampires maybe be on the lookout yes man and I'm just not- even just everything he's like he's like oh i get the tv guide don't pull the tag off it it's like so you have a tv and he's like no i just read the tv guide read the tv <laughs> guide you don't need a tv and it's yeah. ju- he's just he so shuts set in his the door ways. yeah it's just he's just hilarious um the one of my favorite scenes and this scene could have been ruined or made less great in so many ways when they went into the church during the christening and grabbed the holy water yes the pump of the fist 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept waiting for Corey to give a little line or one of them to say something, but it's one minute of them like filling. Priest, <laughs> everyone's looking, looking back, looking back. And I was waiting for someone to say something like catchy, like just borrowing some water. And then, but there was nothing said and nothing needed to be said. Mm -hmm. That was like pure great direction on Joel Schumacher's, Schumacher's part. And I just loved it. Like I actually rewound it and I just, it almost could have went like slapstick or stupid, but it was just getting some holy water. And then, you know, the holy water full of bathtub, great scene. Them defeating the, the three vampires in the different ways with the, the, the bathtub, the bow and arrow, like each one, I'm like, yes. And I'm like counting, I'm like one down, three to go. Like <laughs> you're so in that moment where it's like, we got to protect the house. Oh, and Kendra, when he realized the dog is in the back, is in the front yard, when they locked up the house. Worst. Why was he tied up? I'm screaming, Nanook. Like yes. I, every time I watch it, I'm freaking out. Like I cannot handle a dog being in danger. Like Wes Anderson's one of my favorite directors. But oh like, no. Yeah, of course. No. Come yeah. on, man. Like, yeah. like I turned off that movie when the dog got killed in that one movie. I'm like, I'm done with it. Moonrise Kingdom. Yes. When there was like an arrow yeah. through a dog. I'm like, good night, everybody. He's got yeah. issues, man. He does. Yeah. Um, and the by the way, remember Nanook, uh, going back to Peter Pan, uh, Nana was the name of the dog oh, in Peter Pan. So wow. Nanook, they took that. Yeah, that's nice. That name, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So I think that was one of the reasons my older daughter bailed. She doesn't like scary movies and she's a dog whisperer. And yeah. when she saw the dog in the beginning of the movie and when the dog knew that Michael was a vampire and got all, she's like, the dog lives, right? Nothing bad happens to the dog. I go, Juliet, I swear the dog lives. She's like, mm, are you sure? And then I could tell she was she was gone. Yeah. It was literally 10 minutes later. She's like, I'm going to go upstairs and just kind of read or do something. And then- Get that completely. When I was a kid, I wouldn't watch Wizard of Oz because Toto keeps going missing. I don't know if you've noticed this, but like- Yeah. There would be large chunks of the movie where you don't see Toto. And I just, I just was really worried about him. I don't, wanna... I don't blame it, yeah. My most visceral memory as a kid was crying in Snoopy Comes Home. Oh, that's a rough one. Because <laughs> there was a point where Charlie Brown really thought he lost Snoopy forever. Yeah. I lost my marbles. I uh, I had a Snoopy stuffed animal and a Woodstock stuffed animal. My best friend, Don Neese, also Snoopy. We played Snoopies together up until almost third grade. And then it was third grade. We realized, like, maybe we shouldn't be playing Snoopies. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. I know. But you know, yeah, you know the point though, when you kind of like, I'm going to bring my Snoopy over and he's like, yeah, maybe we should, you know, should we play soccer or something? I'm like, yeah, probably. Should the Snoopies come? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe Snoopy's not, not as cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it was such a moment. Sorry, Snoopy. Uh, my daughter once called Woodstock Woodsock. <laughs> and, and I still cannot call Woodsock anything else but Woodsock. Woodsock. Yeah. <laughs> That is a movie, by the way, coming up. Well, I'm going to have to watch it soon. The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. My mm -hmm. brother and I, we recorded it off of TV, and <laughs> we would watch it all year, like in April. <laughs> I mean, we just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. It is really good. Mm -hmm. Andrew, since you are a vampire movie, vampire fan in general, mm -hmm. and I am too, can you give me a couple recommendations of if someone said, Kendra, I really want to get into vampire movies, but I don't know a lot about vampire movies. 
what should I watch first? Um, first, I mean, I guess you could start like with classics, do like Dracula and Nosferatu. Um, mm -hmm. But my favorites are, uh, I really like um, Only Lovers Left Alive, Ooh. Jim Jarmusch. Um, Typing that in right now. That's uh, Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston. And, uh, their names are Adam and Eve. One of them is obsessed with books. One of them is obsessed with uh, music. And nice. uh, they're very cute and very cool. And it's very slow paced, as you can imagine. And they're both vampires? They're both vampires, and I mean, I if it, you get the you get the vibe like they're very very old vampires, like maybe, <laughs> maybe the first vampires, like they've been around for a really long time. They're really bored by existence. Yeah, um, so it's I, like vampire ennui. <laughs> yeah, yeah, vampire ennui is a good way to put it. Um, I All also right. really like uh, what we do in the shadows for opposite reasons because it's hilarious. <laughs> Chip, you're a big fan, right? Big fan, and I actually just came across Hulu, access to Hulu, so I'm very excited to watch the TV show, which I've never seen, right. but I love the movie. Yeah, the movie is fantastic. I think it's, I saw it actually at 10.30 in the morning with a couple of friends, and my in, wife- In the movie theater. <laughs> yeah, in the movie theater, and my one of my friends is like, he hates horror movies, and like, um, my other friend and I had dragged him to it, and like, because we usually love like, horror horror and uh he really truly thought it was gonna be scary because <laughs> we like have this thing where we go see horror movies first thing in the morning and we took him and he was like uh all nervous about it and then he was laughing harder than like anyone he loved it it's just it's super funny like werewolves not not swearwolves like the whole oh, that's my favorite that's my one of my favorite lines in any movie ever and he's, he's so good he's so serious about it when he says it <laughs> I know it totally makes it like the delivery of that is so good. He's so mm -hmm. concerned yeah. about the like moral fabric as werewolves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, I, I mean, I like interview mm -hmm. and rice freak though. I like interview. I like, uh, I like interview a lot. Interviews more, even more freaky than you would think like it with, you know, young, what's your name? Kristen Dunst. Like having a young vampire to me is so super freaky and scary. Like that whole idea where I'm almost like, yeah, that's well done, I think. Uh, Queen of the Damned is pretty okay. good. Um, I like uh, Let the Right One In. Oh, Chip. So Kendra, whenever someone says, what's a horror movie that you like or it's just a scary movie, I always go to Let the Right One In because- okay. There are two scenes in that movie are two of the best scary that nothing is really shown. Like Kendra, the pool scene and let the right one in like Sweet. pretty great. Like I'm almost, to, I was almost to the point where like, I don't know if I can go on with this movie, but it is like, I get scared easy and I'm a big wimp. And like that movie was just beyond good. And then oh, wow. they did, they did a remake, like an American version. I never saw that one, but the original. It has a different title too. I think it's called like, let her in or it's yeah. something similar right yeah yeah but the, the swedish version is definitely the way to oh. go chip any vampire movies that you recommend are you you a vamp guy you vamping out you know what i i i, I want to take some of these to heart and watch some of these i'm trying to think of other vampire movies that i've really i do love uh what we do in the shadows mm -hmm. and um yeah, I think I think because the Lost Boy, you would think I would have pursued vampires more because I loved Lost Boys so mm -hmm. much, but I can't think of many 
much, much more. Hello, one with Winona Ryder and uh, Keanu Reeves. Did you ever watch that? That's totally like our wheelhouse. Like I feel like um, like our our age group. Mm-hmm. We all watched that. Did did either of you watch it? What yeah. was that? No, I don't know that one. I Is just it I vaguely remember it. Yes, yeah, Dracula. It's um, oh, and um, Winona Ryder is Mina and. Uh, Jonathan is played by Keanu Reeves. Oh my God. It's not great, but it's so fun. I, I, I mean, I could go on all, I could go on forever. I love the Underworld series. Me I too. Blade, yep. Blade 2. You love oh, that too? Oh my God. I love Underworld. And I, I think the Blade movies, the first, I like the third one too. A lot of people crapped on it. I thought the third one, yeah. even with, even with Ryan Reynolds and all that, I thought it was good. The first two Blade movies are fantastic. Like, they're so cool. They're just so well done. They're scary. The action scenes. He's perfect in it. Snipes uh, is so awesome. And Guillermo del Toro does um, Blade 2, which is, I mean, you know. I love it. <laughs> I like almost borderline like comic booky vamp. The John Carpenter's Vampires, 1998, is yes. one of my, not only one of my favorite, favorite vampire movies it's just one of my favorite movies it almost has like a western motif but he's like just real haggard at the end of the rope vampire hunters they're doing it for a very specific reason the first couple scenes are so amazingly great and by the end you are so invested in not just because they're killing vampires but like why they're doing it and like the love involved in oh Daniel Baldwin and the guy's an asshole, but um, he's a right winger now. But what's his name? James. Um, oh, James Woods. James Woods is the main guy. And he's so good in it. Like he's a good actor. And wow. then I got to give you, I always say this to people. And a lot of times people come back and they're like, it was pretty good. Favorite vampire miniseries. I love TV wise. I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. One of my top three, five TV shows of all time. Same. Yeah. 1998 British television series. I think there's only six or eight episodes. It's called Ultraviolet. Don't confuse it with the movie that came out later called Ultraviolet. Write it down. Write it down. I guarantee you it's a new take on vampires. In the future, global warming has caused vampires to come out of the shadows and they attempt to retake the earth. And it's about two detectives uh, investigating this. I believe you can watch it somewhere. Ultraviolet, 98. BBC. Okay. It is an enthralling. When I say when Jeff Wyan says something's enthralling, it's enthralling. You're you're going to be enthralled. I believe you. Mm-hmm. So they're they're my two vamp picks, and then one's just kind of a throwaway. It's just called The Forsaken, 2001. It starred like WB stars like Kerr Smith and Brendan Fur. They were in like TV shows like Roswell and Super. I don't know, but they're. I know you're a supernatural fan. One of the biggest, right, Kendra? I mean, yeah. Biggest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guarantee the Forsaken, a 2001 vampire movie, it's really fun. It's okay. really good and it's really fun. Check it out. But uh, yeah, you mentioned Supernatural. The show went on for 40 seasons, Kendra. What was the deal? That was I amazing. Was like, I think it was actually like 3,000 seasons, but I mean, whatever like I, I would have watched it forever if it had kept going and that what you said earlier about the lost girls yeah. reminds me of supernatural because 
there was supposed to be a supernatural spinoff with a lot of the women. Because one of the biggest criticisms of the supernatural series is that there's really not very many women in it. Right. Um, so they were trying to address that and they were trying to do this spinoff with some of the, the cool chicks and it didn't happen. And I heard there's now a kerfuffle between the two main guys, right? One guy's doing something and didn't tell the other guy about it. Yeah, and the so other guy's mad. Yeah, it's like, a, I think Jared Padalecki is now um, Texas, uh, Texas Ranger or whatever, Walker, <laughs> Texas Ranger. And then I think Jensen Ackles is maybe doing the prequel and didn't tell Jared Padalecki about it, which is, you know, they're brothers or Sam and Dean. So like what's happening? They, they've like, been brothers forever. You think they would like at Thanksgiving would have mentioned it. I truly don't care. Like whatever <laughs> I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch it. Like, gonna watch. I don't care if they're friends or not, but um, I understand that the fandom is upset about it. So. All right. We're going to switch gears. We got, Lost Boys, we got vampires. We're going to switch gears because three of us also are big music fans. Kendra and I share very similar tastes in music. We are we are very pro 80s, alt, <laughs> goth, new wave, the greatest probably decade of music. Chip, you're also on board the 80s, a little more 90s guy, you know. But this is something I want to throw out to you too. Chip and I talk about this a lot. Sometimes when I can't sleep, Kendra, I I will say to myself, Jeff, I want you to name eight Foo Fighter songs. And I'm um, like, and then I'm like, but Jeff, there are so many Foo Fighter songs. How could you not know eight? And then you're like, Jeff, you probably don't. You could hear 15 and be like, I know that song, I know that song, I know that song, but could you name eight? And I'm like, wow. And then I'll be up for like the next half hour being like i have seven what is that one so this is a little fun thing i want to pit chip and kendra this is 90s now i picked okay. three bands okay. i don't think either of you are big fans or not fans of these bands but they're very popular okay, okay. so you're going to go back and forth and each name a song of the band until you can't name one anymore all right does all this right. sound like fun no, yeah. I'm terrified. I'm not clutch player. I don't go hard in the paint. I tend to freak <laughs> neither, out. We can, we can help each other, Kendra. So I, I'm thinking literally like two or three with each of these bands. Okay. Because, because this is what I'm really bad at. And I know I can't be the only one. I so love at night you torture yourself so that you can get back to sleep. Mm -hmm. That seems really like effective. No, it's yeah. not. It always starts off as something fun. I'm just <laughs> oh, like Foo Fighters, Everlong, The Big Something. Wait, what was that? And then I'm like, I'm up. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Chip and Kendra, we're going to go first. 90s Pearl Jam. Oh, Kendra, would you like to start us off? <laughs> Kendra, I literally just like <laughs> me. I don't know. It's very good. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. See, that's. <laughs> It's hard. It's harder than you like think. I want to cheat. I want to take my yeah, phone. Right. I bet even if you. Uh, I can just look at the album here. I can... Yeah. But even if you. All right. How about would, would it be easier if I said Smashing Pumpkins? Um, Gish. There you go. Chip. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 today. Ah, oh, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me think. Um, you each got to get two. That's it. That's all I'm asking. God damn you, Jeff. Yep. 
Um, I, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody, but this is like even flow. There yeah. you go. They cover that. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. This is uh, not how I envision this going. Yes, I bet. Um, it's okay. Why can't I think of anything? Yeah, it's fine. Chip, we're going to switch it up. The cure. Ooh, all right. Oh, the can cure. I just, can you see that poster behind me? Yes. That uh -oh. is awesome. We have a ringer here. All right. We have a ringer <laughs> here. All right. I'm starting with Friday. I'm in love. One of the best. I'm Charlotte sometimes. Wow. Uh, boys don't cry. Wow. Nice. Catch. I love Kendra's like deep cut Kendra and Chip is greatest hits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, love song. Um, a night like this. Chip, uh, look, I'm going to give you a hint. You ready? Am I? Meow, meow. Cat, cat, cat. Sleeping cat. The sleeping heart cat. The sleeping. <laughs> Sergeant Sergeant Kitty's Lonely Sleeping Hearts cat. Yes, that's it. It's you Sergeant it Kitty's Lonely Sleeping Heart cat. Yes. We'll give it to you. Okay. Um, mint car. Whoa. Oh, I knew that. Well, I should have said that. Oh, <sighs> Sorry. mint car. Um, this is, I'm uh, pictures of you. Ooh, nice. wow. That, that was nice. All right. Uh, Caterpillar girl. I think... I I I was I think I'm I think I might be tapping out on that. <laughs> Chip, Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm giving I yes, Kendra, I I bow down before you. I, I cannot. Chip, I uh the one I was trying to give you, which you kind of got love cats. I love doing, cats. I was doing a little. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He, he got that one. I think. I did a pretty good cat. I I, mean, I, I think I, it was. I mean, it was pretty good. You got the message across. I just couldn't. I couldn't. You know, execute. And you started with Friday in Love, which was recently covered by Phoebe Bridgers. And I am wearing oh, a Phoebe wow. Bridgers shirt. Yes. There we go. I'm such a fan. That song, it's the first song in the album, or the second song in the, her big album. Uh, the one about the garden, the, the skinhead neighbor in the garden. It's, oh, yeah. It's that song. I, I, I don't understand how that song isn't just played on a loop constantly on every radio station. It's okay. so good. Yeah. The whole album is so good. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like that album kind of saved me a little bit because, you know, the world ended. We all went into quarantine and then she sure. just dropped it. Mm -hmm. And I was already such a big fan. And I just like just jumped in and played it forever. And yeah, I'm actually like now a little sick of it to where I'm playing it sparingly so that I don't ruin it for you myself. You got to ration it. Yeah. The <laughs> nice part about music is I feel like you can like put that like you just don't listen to it for six months and then you'll come back to it and you're like, it's the greatest thing all over again. Like, I, I feel like you can do that sometimes with, you know, there's certain albums where I'm like, oh, I've listened to this too much. I got to just set it to the side and then you forget about it. And yeah. then you come back and you're just reminded that it's the greatest. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, it feels very like com comforting and like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I spent a, uh, I had a couple beers with me a couple weeks ago and I'm on the porch with my, uh, cousins and my aunt and i literally spent 20 minutes saying phoebe bridgers i know the end that song i know the end which ends that album to me it's it's one of the most beautiful best like crescendos going taking just a great ride of a song and i'm just like you guys don't even know how great this song is and they're, like, no. <laughs> and they're just like oh we like it i'm like no 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 it is so great you know like when you really have a few in you and you're yes. just trying to convince people of something they already know. Yeah. I literally spent 15 minutes. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fire here. 
trying to like, you know, show them on the phone and they're like, yeah, we, we well, that's the best when you're, when you're playing it on your phone. <laughs> like I, I did that the other night. Like I was playing, like it was a ministry song and I was like, listen to this. And your husband's like, I'm just trying to finish work. Like, I, I, I don't care. But the end of that song when she's like, <sighs> Oh my God. It, <laughs> so it just builds up. Oh, it builds up. I, I remember I tweeted once and I'm just like, this tweet's only for me. Phoebe Bridgers bringing on the Jaga jazzist crescendo is one of my happiest moments. And like my friend, Mike Kennedy, who's this, like he's, he's in Philly bands and he's a uh, audio engineer for NFL films. He just simply replied, Jeff, I got this. I just want to let you know, I got, I got what you were talking about. That's great. Cause it's one of these weird bands that I just love. And it's exactly the sound she nailed. And I was like, I'm like, thank you, Mike. Thank you. I and love then, that. I, you know, I love that about your Twitter. I love that you sometimes like you're you're making strange connections with hands, oh. and and sometimes I don't know the reference, which I really appreciate. So then I get to go on Spotify and look it up, and then I'm like, yeah. oh, this is cool. Like that's really nice. Usually, Chipper, I will do a music reference, and then there's always a follow up text, dude. Yes. Do you remember? And then next thing we know, we're talking about it for a half hour on a show. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Uh, Kendra, one last thing we always love to talk to our guests about, and it's very important we talk to you about this. We have a part of our show we call Pet Talk. We talk about our pets, our guest pets, because we love, you're going to be very excited very soon because one of our favorite, I'd say he's almost a co-host at this point. He comes on and he brings so much joy to his show. His name is Franklin Chantry. He was adopted by Chip about almost a year, less than a year ago. Here comes good boy Franklin. Oh my God. You're going to love this guy. Oh my goodness. Franklin, Franklin. Oh, oh, hi. Hello, Franklin. I literally dropped my notebook. I was so excited. <laughs> hi, Franklin. Uh, Franklin is is a very excited slash uh, <laughs> very uh, anxious because it's almost second dinner time. Second so dinner, yes. Second dinner. He's an Ewok and obviously second dinner. He's also a Hobbit. Hobbit yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So he's a, uh, yeah, he's, we just celebrated. So uh, I, can I kick off uh, Pet yeah. Talk? Yeah, let's uh, do it. We, we just we just celebrated six months uh, with uh, from when we found Franklin, Aww. and uh, so yeah, so he's uh, he just celebrated <laughs> six month uh, anniversary with us. He is yeah. such a mellow dude, isn't he? He's lovely. Yeah. What a sweetie. He's a good boy. He's, he's looking woofy. He's got he's got a lot of woof going on in him now. Yeah, we tr- we try to uh, trim him, and he do- he does not like it. He I don't think like the, I don't want you trimming him. Yeah. I don't want you trim. I love this. Is you a like perfect like the Ewok. Longer, the longer look, yeah. Even his like mustache and beard's almost a different color, and it's mm-hmm. very it, prominent. It, it does, yeah. It absolutely is, yeah. Look at He's that like good boy. Look, what's the Ewok low gray? He's like him. Because <laughs> he the different colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now and Kendra, we're very excited because. I think there's also uh, someone new in your life. Uh, a little some something new called Winnie. She's right behind me. Let me. Oh see my God! Would you pick her up, Chip? This dog. Oh, oh my God! 
I hope she has her bat wings on. She doesn't. Oh, oh my goodness. She doesn't like, need them. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Gosh. She's like, her. What a beautiful animal. Wow. Hi, buddy. Oh, she's, and she's a snuggler, right, Kendra? Like she loves the loves. Like she just like hangs out with me. She sits under your chair, I saw in one photo, right? Yeah, she sits under my chair. She cuddles with me on the couch. Like she does, she's not athletic at all. She doesn't want to go for walks with me. <laughs> she just wants to like, seriously, like just get in there and like love on you. That's all oh, she does. Like if you threw a ball towards her, she'd be like, no. Yeah, my last dog was so athletic and, you know, I've been trying to get her to play with toys and stuff. And she basically ignores them, although she did. My friends keep sending me Halloween toys. Yeah. Uh, the season and I like Halloween stuff. And um, she did just like pick this uh, ice cream cone with like eyeballs in it. And she snuggled all up with it in her. In oh, her amazing. But yeah, she's she's the best. Like how, how old is Winnie? She's four. Oh, I've had her for 20 days, I think. Or oh, wow. Even less. Like she's very new. She's beautiful. She I'm is. so happy for you, Kendra. You deserve a beautiful pupper like that. Cause you know, we're dog people, everybody. Absolutely. Oh, she's, and she's just like a mellow little kitty. Like she is now most days. Yeah. This is basically her. her. I, mean, I woke her up. So she's a little, <laughs> sure. yeah, she's, she's just super sweet. She's the best. Yeah. You guys both have like mellow. Is she good with other dogs? Yeah, I mean, she hasn't had her shots yet. She gets her shots on the 23rd. So um, I haven't been able to take her to the dog park or anything yet. But um, she met our neighbor's dog, Dodger, and she seemed to love him. And then the neighbors on the other side have a corgi. And she she kind of sniffed the corgi through the... Um... Oh, hi. Oh, okay. There you go. She's waking up. She's waking up. Yeah. There what's, she is. What's her, uh, what's her snack of choice? What, do, what does Winnie like to, uh, when she's a good girl, what does she get? She likes um bones like okay. uh, yep. like yak sticks. And, yep. um, my friend Gabriel brought her um a bag of bully sticks. Mm -hmm. You know what these are? Yeah, I do. I was like, did you really just bring my dog? <laughs> <laughs> yes, she loved them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Chip uh, Franklin, he into what's his non? He's he what's his treat treat of choice? See, orange crunchers. You know, we I, he, we don't do orange crunchers as much anymore, uh, we, like we did with Stanley. Uh, Stanley loved his orange crunchers, but we're we're more with uh, just uh, we'll break a half a milk bone, and then yeah. he gets a green chewy. I forget what it's called, but like a, it looks like a toothbrush. Greenies. Greenies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so we're actually out of we're currently out of greenies. I got to get some more, but uh, we no. uh, yeah, but he's he little half a milk bone. He enjoys. Thanks. Uh, my girls, they're big thing. Uh, Every other dinner time now, instead of their their normal kibble, garbanzo beans, they lose their minds. Really? They split a can. It's oh, like, oh, I a love of, a lot of protein in there. A lot of protein. I'm a big, you know, I'm a vegetarian. So I, I eat a lot of a lot of chickpeas, garbanzo beans. And every time like I'm making something, I just keep throwing them in their mouths and they like lose their marbles. So like I get excited knowing how excited they're gonna be when it's uh -huh. a garbanzo dinner. And they had one tonight and they were just like, I could see them like giving me thumbs up, not they yeah. don't have thumbs, but I could tell they were just like, yeah, Jeff. Can I ask you something, Jeff? Yeah. Um, do they come with the name star and Shelby? Yes. Or... Okay. 
because like star i was like lost boys and lost shelby lost i was like peaky blinders i don't know i yeah we always joke we're like what would we have named them and then we try to think and you know my girls are really into the dogs and they're and they're like you know what we're not going to top star in Shelby because it's just them. You know what I mean? And when when we first got them, we were convinced that they weren't their names because they would never respond to them. They'd be (laughs) in the backyard and I would just be like, star Shelby. They wouldn't even turn their heads. All they wanted to do was like sniff, not come back in the house ever. Shelby's like, I want to escape. And she did many times. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't really, I think they don't know that they're their names. And then after like a year or so, they're like, oh yeah, we know our names. We're just, you know, doing We're just messing with you. They're messing with you. Yeah, but so now, um, yeah, and I I mentioned in our our last show, like Star loves me more than I deserve. Like it's almost to the point where I don't deserve all this love. Shelby barely tolerates me to the point where if I'm like, you guys want to go out? And she notices only me taking her out and not one of the girls or my wife. She's like, I'm good. (laughs) <laughs> you know what i'll stay in i'll stay in you, you can just take star you go ahead like she literally is so smart and like focused gets what she wants and she's like i'm not hard to trick and she knows that whereas <laughs> whereas star is just like a beautiful not very bright beautiful lovely little animal where mm-hmm. shelby's just like i'm gonna pull one over on jeff today and yeah. does it every day and I my, have one of each yeah That's- it's cool like it's really cool that they're not the same and my girls love how much she doesn't respect me <laughs> like they think <laughs> it's the funniest thing and i i totally agree i'm like this is crazy like she just she's not into me but that's fine i'm obsessed uh, with them both and i have told people about the bonded pair that i'm obsessed oh. with on twitter and it's shelby and star like I, when you post about them i get really excited like they're well, just Thank you. It's when we first got them, it was like, well, they're a bonded pair. And I remember saying to the woman, I go, should we get them separate beds or they sleep together? And she goes, I really don't know. We don't watch them at night, but I know there's one bed and I think one sleeps on top and one sleeps underneath. And I've learned that Star is scared of everything. So she sleeps underneath. (laughs) These two, they're a bonded pair name only. They love each other, but they lead separate lives. If one is scared or one has something going on, the other one will lose their marble. So they'll just be like, Shelby will be like, it's thundering, star scared, get down here, tend to her. But besides that, like they'll purposely antagonize each other. They will, they're like, they're just like human siblings, which I find really sweet. But they also were, you know, they, they were raised together for five years in a not great, situation they survived that and then you know we took them on and literally we've had them for three years and we find something new about them like every couple of months you're like oh wow this is why they're doing that because you know they they had this like your dog like winnie they had this whole life before you like frankly so it's kind of you know you're really happy with the life they have now but you're like i kind of wish i knew them when they were little guys yes but But everyone wants a puppy so kudos to oh, know, yeah. adopting adult dogs who needed a home, you know? Like- yeah, and it's it's so rewarding. I mean, in, in every, you know, sense of the word rewarding, yeah. it's just like, 
they're older and, and they are like, they're very thankful that, you know, they're in a better situation. They're super fun. They're insane. They drive you crazy. They, <laughs> you know, Kendra, I know you, and you guys both did this recently when you had a few months without a dog in your life. And I said this, like the silence is deafening and it is yeah. heartbreaking. And it was like uh, the hardest time, like, you know, yeah. three, four months where you literally are, you know, you're crying every day. You're like this, this yeah. can't. And then you have to like re reconvene the family and be like, now we have stage two with let's mm -hmm. get new dogs. And right. Right. So yeah. it's that whole thing. So it's great. I mean, people who listen to this show know we, we talk about dogs a lot and, um, you know, that's and what I we do. Two episodes before I did this one and it was my friend Liz and my friend Senta and both of them talked about oh. Larry and Leo, which I think is so cool. Mm -hmm. I, I love Leo is four. What was Senta dog? 12 years old. Leo's old. And then Liz has her, her newer guy, Larry. Mm -hmm. But she had chance for such a long time. She lost chance oh. and immediately got Larry, like within weeks. Um, she, not, she not only got Larry, she got like, let, I want to find a dog kind of looks like Larry. <laughs> it was so cute that I, they found. I think you just love that breed, you know? Yeah. And, but, but I mean, they're, it's an amazing breed. They're so cute. Oh. So smart. Yeah, it's great. Guys, wow. we're coming to the end of the show here. We are at, wow, we're at one hour. That went quick, guys. Yeah, did. That's we did fun. a good job. That's good. So overall, Kendra, on your scale of of movies that shaped a young Kendra Alvey, would you say Lost Boys right up there? Top five. Top Easy. five. Yeah. yeah. Give me, give me another. Just give me one more. I'd also like I to know. One more is hard. Um, yeah. Dark Crystal. Did you say? Dark Crystal. Yeah. Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, wow. Okay. I love, I loved, I saw Dark Crystal much earlier than Lost Boys, but yeah, I would say those two films um, really uh, swayed me, like, and, and formed a lot of my uh, preferences and, and my, my loves to this day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing we say about the show and, and the new kind of direction we're taking. It's like not only a movie you love, but something that kind of formed you, whether yeah. you, you knew it or not back then. Um, yeah, that's great. It's a great premise for a podcast. It's so fun. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kendra. And people, again, you can check out Kendra. You can go to at Kendra garden, all one word. Um, you can also go to link tree, which is link T.ee Kendra garden. And that way we could find out about all your books, yes. your, um, right. You have it. Yay. Yes, of course I do. <laughs> Kendra, come on. All your books, everything else you're up to. Anything you like to promote right now? Anything uh, going on? The books, but also if you do go to that link tree, which is in the bio of my Instagram and my Twitter, you will find a link to um, Homey Made Meals, which is an organization I work with here in Los Angeles where I make meals for my unhoused neighbors because it's a, it's a big issue right now because people are struggling. Um, and you can donate, you can buy merch, you can um, buy stuff from a wish list that will, you know, care products that mm -hmm. will go into the meals. Um, they're, they're just, there's a lot of organizations doing cool stuff in LA right now, but uh, they're my favorite. So yeah, you can, you can check them out too. Well, thank, thank you very much, Kendra. We'll definitely check that out. We'll post all these good links and we will be seeing you on the internets. Yes. I'll see you online. 
Thanks, Thank guys. Thank you, Kendra. Thank really you appreciate so much, it. Thank you Kendra. Thank you. Chip, that was great. That was great. Kendra's the best. One of my favorite people on Twitter. Absolutely. Uh, you know, everything from, you know, I think we, we all kind of in the same vibe of, of movies, TV, life, dogs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you and I are good people. Everyone knows that, right? Well, you and I, well, jury's, jury's still out. But the people we have on the show, they're really good people. Would you say salt of the earth? Salt of the earth, I would say, yeah, salt to the earth. You're not going to do a better old phrase describing someone who's really good than salt to the earth. What's another one? Salt to the earth. Uh, I, I will say when it comes to all of their jibs, I like the cuts of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good people. Good, good people. people. Yeah, good, good people. people. When, when, you, when you talk about, yes, when you talk about a, sing, a singular person and you say that they are good people. I yes. feel like that was a thing for a while. And, and good I think we need to bring it back. Yeah. I, I always say a lot like bad people, like bad someone people. like I just I'm like, you know, them, he, he, that mm -hmm. guy, that's bad people, bad people. Yeah. Chip, we're going to end this. We're going to talk about this in much greater detail. We'll mm -hmm. probably even do a mini podcast about it. I think that'd be a good idea. But people right now, we just want to end this by saying not only uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Lost Boys starring Kendra Alvey. But when this is live, the Fraud Street Run 2021 will also be live. Wait, what, Jeff? Oh, I didn't Fraud tell you about this. The Fraud Street Run was last year. I know, Chip, but I'm this wearing is... the shirt right now. Yes, there we go. The Fraud Street Run that we did last November. Last November. One time only event. Yep. Guess what, Chip? What? People people demanded a two time only event. Really? So we're giving the people, like the kinks say, give the people what they want. Yes. We are giving them Fraud Street Run Part Due. This is called Fraud Street Run 2021. 2021. Fraud Street Run 2021. Um, basically, we're doing the same thing. It is Philly and it is worldwide. It is both things. You can mm -hmm. do this run in Philly yep. on November 6th, 8 p.m. 2021. 8, 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Yeah, I mean, you, you can, could do it at 8 p.m. if you wanted to. Yeah, that's a little, yeah. a little dangerous. But yeah, yeah, probably 8 a.m., um, you could do it in your hometown. You mm -hmm. don't have to do all 11 miles. You could do one mile. You could do right. five miles. The key is you go to our website, junkmileshow.com. You're going to see a big thing about Fraud Street. Click on that. You register. Mm -hmm. Register. Just tell us your name. Tell us where you're going to run. Yeah. Then you go click a link and you donate at least eleven dollars yes. to our amazing sponsor, who are batter it, battling people who are who need assistance with food in the Philadelphia area. Phil Abundance, an amazing charity. This is a time where they really need donations and they do great work, literally getting people the food they need very quickly. No middlemen. Mm -hmm. Once you do that, you buy a shirt. We have a bunch of new merch. I think mm -hmm. it looks pretty snazzy. Uh, we're donating 50% of all the profits to Phil Abundance. So you make a donation to Phil Abundance. We give money to Phil Abundance and then you run the race. It's that simple. And, and here's the thing, Jeff. There's two things going on here. Two. There's running a race, mm -hmm. and then there's giving money to a great cause. Yep. Which of those two things do you think are more important? Well, I think, Chip, running a race – the problem with this, normally you run a race to get a medal and to yes. have a shirt that shows people – that you've done something amazing. There are Here, zero medals. Zero probably. medals. There's no aid stations. This is called a fun run, a fat ass race, if you will. Mm -hmm. You show up, if you're running in Philly, we have a course map that has 
guided directions. You just hit this app and it tells you where to go. We'll be running. You'll see us running. Or just run in your hometown or find a place called Four Seasons somewhere in your area. Run from there to wherever you want. You run the race, but you get a shirt, which is pretty cool. And it Mm -hmm. says Fraud Street Run. People see that and they're like, this guy here, he's a runner. Yep. But there's one thing more important. He's also a person who donated to a good cause. Yes. Yeah. So even if for some reason you can't run, you have a you have a you have a bum wheel, a, you know, a blister, a blister, you can't run. Buy the shirt. Nobody's yeah. gonna say that it's stolen valor that you didn't actually run it. Uh, you, if you're buying it, you're supporting the cause. Uh, you know, and you're spreading the message. Uh, we're not keeping track. That's the beautiful thing about us. We're disorganized. We don't we don't know if you're running or not. It's the yeah, honor no system. Idea. And honestly, we don't really care. I, I I had some some lovely people that I know last year that walked 11 miles. That's amazing. Walking right? 11 miles is just as difficult as running 11 miles. Yes. So um, whatever you want to do, you're like, hey, I can't run 11 miles. I'm not going to be able to train for that. That's totally fine. Run 1.1 mile. Walk a couple of miles. Be creative. Uh, do whatever you want. Yes, exactly. Have fun with it. Enjoy it. Post about it. And uh, because we're not we're not keeping track. There's no ranking. There's no fastest mm-hmm. runner. There's no whatever, whatever you have. But it's just raising money for a great cause. Yeah. Last year we raised we we the, the you people, you people, you amazing, charitable, munificent people raised over fifty six thousand dollars, fifty six thousand dollars at direct donations. And the beautiful thing is when you click that link, you're going right to abundance site we're not chip and i aren't taking this money and then trying to like then you know deposit a check and then write a check no it's going right to them yep and then on top of that chip on top of that 56 t-shirt sales close to nine thousand dollars x more so it was it was literally 60 over 60 grand 65 grand almost yeah we uh you guys and the t-shirt sales so it's amazing we're hoping to do something similar again this year Phil Abundance fully on board. If you guys, here's a fun thing. You donate, retweet, Facebook. Try to get someone famous yes. to, to retweet. Think of like someone famous you know. Like Chip and I, very good friends with Jake Tapper from CNN right mm-hmm. now. Best buds. Best buds. He retweeted us last year. Next thing we know, the donation skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. So if any of you people say, hey, Jeff Chip, I went to high school with this guy's daughter. Let me see what I can do. You mm-hmm. let us know. Yep. Don't be afraid to say you were the one who got this guy to post about us or retweet about us. Yep. We'll give you a shout out. Mm-hmm. We're not making this a contest. We just want to raise a lot of money for a good cause yep. and show people that in Philadelphia, good things do happen. Right, Chip? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of horrible stuff happens too, but. Well, yeah. Bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things do happen in Philadelphia. And when people say they don't, they do. But guess what? Bad things happen everywhere. But good things also happen. Yes. All right, Chip, we're going to leave it at that. We're going to be back in a week or two. We have a new guest, a new movie. Chip, thank you very much. Thank you uh, as for the the famous Lost Boys sign-off, Smell You Later. Oh, wait, that's the – I'm thinking of The Simpsons. Actually, this is Simpsons. By the way, I, I do want to say something real quick. I, yeah. I, I have to say this. I didn't get to bring this up during the actual body of it, but I think you will enjoy this. Uh, we were talking about names of songs, of course, in yeah, the movies. My uh, my lovely wife never saw The Lost Boys the first until I showed it to her. Another movie, another Corey Feldman movie she never saw, Stand By Me. 
Oh. Never saw until more recently. She couldn't remember the name. We, we watched it a couple years ago, and then she couldn't remember the name of it. And she thought Stand By Me was called. She's like, what's that one movie? What's it called? <laughs> Charlie Finds a Body. And I was like, excuse me? And it was, I, said, I, don't, I was like, are you talking about Stand By Me? And she's like, yeah, Stand By Me. That's a dumb title. She's like, Stand By Me should have been called The Lost Boys. Oh, wow. And if the you Lost think about Boy. it, it makes, a lot, it, it makes a lot more sense. Kendra's really thinking there. Yeah. Yeah. What was Stephen King's title for Stand, Stand By Me? Something different, the right? The Body, I believe. The body. the body. Yeah. Yeah. So she was more in line with. Yeah. I like Charlie Finds a Body. Charlie Finds a Chocolate Factory and then yep. a Body. Yes. Yeah. Charlie Chip, gets an angel. Yeah. Chip, I'm going to leave you with this. You ready? Yes. Chip, even though you're a vampire, you're still my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.